are now listening to Wisdom from North podcast with me, Jannike Einias. Here I will explore topics such as metaphysics, spirituality, personal growth, and in general, how we can create good lives for ourselves. My intention is to find some answers, but perhaps more importantly, finding new questions to ask, because there is always something new to discover in this wonderful universe that we live in. In Wisdom from North, we're passionate about helping you take your spiritual growth to that next level. That's why we are collaborating with some amazing spiritual teachers and partners who offer free webinars and classes. Go to wisdomfromnorth.com forward slash free. Disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast belong to the guests and do not necessarily represent the views or positions of Wisdom from North or any entities they may represent. Now, please enjoy the episode. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, Louisa, a warm welcome to the show. Oh, Janet, thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to be on the show and hello to you and your audience. So, you know, I discovered you when you actually discovered me because you interviewed me on your amazing show, A Passion Harvest. And then I started following you. And I know you have uh, an amazing story, amazing experiences. And it was a tough road coming to doing what you're doing today. And you're really following your inner calling. And I find that really inspiring. And I'm curious to see where our conversation is going today, because I know you have lots of things to speak about. And you are, you on your website, you say you are a mother and a warrior and you embrace life and you are really curious about who we are, like the fundamental truth of who we are. And I really share that interest. And I think you've interviewed over 200 amazing spiritual teachers right now. And like me, you know, I, I can identify with you because all of a sudden you receive so much wisdom and all this knowledge and sort of where to put it, right? And what becomes mm -hmm. your truth. So I'm curious about that as well. But before you started Passion Harvest, how was your life like? What led you to do what you do today oh my gosh I'm just thinking back this is probably well a long time ago but I started Passion Harvest two and a half three years ago but let's just say four years ago it was so different I I'm Australian originally and I was living in Sydney in a family I had two older children and a very unhappy marriage I'd been married for 19 years and I lived in fear and I didn't know how to get out. I won't go into the details of the marriage. My children were amazing. And I had a great corporate job or what looked from the outside like the perfect, you know, the perfect family and the perfect corner corporate office. But I was desperately unhappy. <clears throat> and I needed to let go of my fear of being a single mother, of being poor, of being alone, of really of the unknown. I always wanted an Excel spreadsheet of the rest of my life. And I, I realized that wasn't going to happen. And I had these recurring dreams for a year before the universe pushed me. When I Sometimes the universe has a funny way of pushing you, kicking and screaming if you are a little bit slow and sometimes I'm a, a slow learner or too afraid. Not so much anymore. I had these dreams every night for a year. It was so real. I'd see this woman on a cliff 
in a cage, surrounded by the most magnificent nature. And I never saw her face. She always had her back to me, but she was naked and dirty and she'd been there for many, many years. Her hair was matted and she ate insects. And sometimes I saw her screaming and I tried to call out to her to say, let me out of this dream. I don't want it anymore. How can I help you? And sometimes I even saw her banging on the cage, trying to get out so hard that her knuckles were bleeding. She was almost going crazy. And this happened every night, probably for 10 to 12 months. And it was incredibly disturbing. I didn't know what to do. It was one of those dreams that was so real. And each night I was taken back to see this woman alone on the cliff through the seasons, through the rains, through the, the heat, banging, trying to get out. But if she got out, where would she go? And then on the last night that it happened, I called out to her and I said, please, please let me help you. I, I can't bear this anymore. I don't want these experiences. Let me move through this. And the woman turned around and it was me. And I saw on her, I feel like crying. And I saw on her neck that she had a, a key, a chain around her neck and it was the key to the cage. And I said to her, what? what are you doing? Why don't you open the cage? And she's, I mean, she hardly looks like me. She obviously she'd been there for years. And she said, I'm too afraid to open the cage. And I said, let me help you. And I still remember her. She could hardly stand up because the cage wasn't able, she wasn't able to stand full height. Her back was crooked and, and her hands were shaking. And I said, you can do it. I'll help you. And her hands were shaking so hard she could hardly open the key to the cage. But she opened it and I was there and I held her hand and she said, I'm too afraid. And I said, let's just do it. And we held hands and jumped off the cliff. And after that, everything changed. <laughs> I decided that I needed to change my life and I had to stop blaming my husband or my life, which from the outside looked perfect, but I was terribly unhappy and I didn't want to drag my weary body to bed in to, to work every morning and I just wasn't happy and I didn't know what to do. So I, I think I started listening to Abraham Hicks, who was amazing, and she told me, you are not a victim and just try and get happy. So I went to work each day and I looked for all the positive things. And I started meditating just, just briefly. I was so still afraid and worried what people thought at that time. And I remember each day for about six months, I'd walk across to the park, just across the road, and I'd sit on the grass and eat my lunch alone. It was the best time of my day and kick off my heels. And I closed my eyes and looked towards the sun. I was actually meditating, but I thought if any of my co-workers saw me they wouldn't think I was too weird <laughs> so I started doing that and then I remember one day I looked down and I saw this gum leaf on the ground and I thought I have to take it back to my office it it, it just reminded me of the happiest time of my day and I took the little gum leaf back to my office and hid it behind my computer monitor in case anyone saw it and again thought I was a little bit strange I so worried what people thought. Well, I was retrenched about a month later and probably about six months after that dream, everything changed. I was terrified and I packed up my office. Really all that I had was a, a USB or a memory stick. There was nothing else. And I looked behind my monitor and there was the gum leaf shriveled and dead. And I just got the message that if I had stayed in this life, in this career, I would have ended up like that shriveled gum leaf. And I opened the door to the, the front door to the office building, terrified, terrified, a bit like the woman coming out of the cage. But I promised myself from that day, from that day on, I would only do things that I was passionate about, that made me happy, that filled me with joy. And I had no idea what I was going to do. And I really wanted to grow spiritually, but I didn't have enough time to read all the books. So I thought what I'll do is I'll interview incredible people across the world like yourself and learn and then I get to share it with others. So that's kind of 
my story from starting Passion Harvest and it's grown since then. Oh, wow. That is amazing that you had that powerful, symbolic dream. Yeah. And I get many questions here uh, because that's really a gift that you received this dream that was helping you. And I can identify with not seeing the signs. You know, you have that dream again and again, but you're not picking it up because your mindset, your reality, uh, your way of perceiving reality is is sort of not where you are now and know everything yeah. you know now. And it's, it's a big step to jump out of all that security. And I'm curious when you got these dreams, like, did you have any spiritual beliefs from before? So were you sort of open to this or was it completely new to you? I was open to it, but I think during, I, I guess, children and, you know, which you kind of lose focus of oneself and my unhappy marriage I, I lost that I I had an out-of-body experience when I was younger I was very very sick with the measles and I remember I was so my my family didn't really believe in doctors and I was so sick I remember my father carrying me to the ice bath to cool me down and it went on for days and all I wanted was spaghetti bolognese sandwiches that my grandmother made <laughs> and I, I couldn't eat but I kept saying please bring me spaghetti bolognese sandwiches but I remember lying in the bed. I was delirious and sick for days and I'd get very, very big and very, very small. And then all of a sudden I almost popped out of my body and I was on the ceiling looking at my sick body. I was really, really sick. And I, it's hard as a child, but I almost vividly remember I had a choice. Do I keep going? which means I may not return to my body or do I return to my body? And I, I consciously made the choice to return to my body. But it was an incredible experience. It made me realize that I was much more than my body and everything has a choice. But I forgot all of that or maybe I, I hid it. Or I, I think I stopped, I stopped, uh, listening to my intuition, especially through teenage years, and particularly during when I had children and during my marriage, because if I was that aware, I don't think I could have bared it. Yeah. You know, uh, when you um, talked about that experience of moving out of the body and becoming bigger and smaller, I had something similar. I was meditating really? on my heart, um, but that I was an uh, adult, but I was meditating on my heart. And all of a sudden it was like I shooted out of my heart. Uh, it wasn't sort of out of body, but it felt like I was just becoming huge, like enormous, mm. like as the universe. And what I sort of received as a message was that this is the truth of who you are. And this is the truth of everybody. Like this is how big we all are. And the next message I got was, uh, you are so loved and you also love yourself. So it was like this dual perspective that I am loved and I also love and love myself. And to me, that was sort of an answer to some deep questions I've had. You know, I've been struggling with self-esteem and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And when I really felt how big I was, I was like, wow, this is the truth of who I am. And That's I was so beautiful about it when you, yeah, shared your story. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, it's all about love, isn't it? It is. So when you know everything you know now, after having done so many interviews with amazing thought leaders, how do you look at soul uh, plans and soul contracts? Because you were shifting your life and you said, you know, if I hadn't shifted my life, I would have ended up like this. Now, do you think that there was sort of a destiny for you to actually have that marriage, uh, be in that job where you weren't satisfied, and then to make that shift, that that was part of the plan? Absolutely. My husband was a wonderful teacher. I'm very grateful. If I didn't, well, then we can go into parallel realities, but if I, yeah. if I, did, if I didn't make that choice, I wouldn't have... I wanted a life far greater than the life I was living. 
And if I didn't live that choice, my life would have been very different. I would have lived, continued to live in fear. I wouldn't be proud of myself. I probably would have shriveled up and died metaphorically like that gum leaf. I would have lost the essence of this Louisa that we're talking to right now. I still have fears, but not, not so much. I mean, gosh, my life's so different. I found the most amazing region in the south of France and traveled across the world and bought a house in the middle of the countryside. And my life's very different. Um, but fear no longer moves me, moves me like it used to. I still get fears occasionally, um, but not doesn't really move me. I also think there are parallel realities. I know there are. There is another version of Louise, infinite parallel realities. It's, this is the one I'm identifying with now that is still married. So how can that work? Like after the interviews you've been doing, how do you understand parallel realities? Does that mean that there are multiple versions of us and ultimately that we are a huge soul and ultimately we are one? So that is something I just cannot understand with my mind. It's, yes, this is what I, I mean, I'm not telling anyone what to think. This is what I feel is my truth. Each big life decision we make, energy doesn't dissipate, it always remains. So each decision, like that sliding doors, each major decision we make, there's a different version of us living in a different reality or you can talk, think of it like a timeline. There are higher frequencies, higher vibrations or lower vibrations of timelines that we operate. We we jump timelines all the time based mainly on our decisions, our thoughts and our beliefs. Wow, that's very interesting. So what is the soul from your perspective? The soul? Well, of course, I believe there isn't one soul. We are one. We all are all connected. You could call it God or source, people call it many, many different things. But I also have an oversoul, a, a soul that sends us forth to have incredible experiences to learn and grow. And, and how clever that each decision I make, major decisions or actions that I take, there's multiple experiences that the soul learns and grows from there's not really i mean there is good or bad there's not really good or bad they're all experiences nothing damages the soul we suffer so much but nothing really damages our soul hmm. but if you're that in if you're that clever and intelligent why wouldn't you have all these fractals of the one incarnation yeah it's an interesting notion uh so you've i know you've had several past lives uh, that, or <laughs> let me rephrase that. I know you remember several past lives and, uh, I've never remembered some of mine and I'm still curious about this notion. I, I mean, I do believe I've had multiple lives, several places. I am just not understanding, uh, how, where to put them because in my mind they're happening right now. Uh, so in one way, I'm living all these lives at the same time because there's no such thing as time. Anywho, I would love to hear a little bit about your uh, memories of past lives, how they came about, and uh, many questions there, actually, like why do you think certain lives came forward? So I would love for you to share about those memories. Sure. I don't know where to start, but I feel the same as you. The concept that is so hard to grasp, but I do believe they're all happening now at this point in space and time. Um, I also have future memories, but I'll, I'll tell you about my most recent one. I don't even ask for these things. They just, they just happen to me. But what I want to say in essence from what I've learned from all of my past lives is they're so real and they're so vivid and what I've learned from all of them is a tool. So how I've, how I've felt so strong, how I've overcome obstacles, how I've had the gift of sight and all of those I've remembered. So my most, I'll just tell you my most recent one. In January, I went for a trip to Morocco and I thought I'd go for, a, it was cold and winter in France and I'm Australian. <laughs> it didn't, wasn't sunny for a long time. So I went to Morocco for a week thinking I'd have a nice sunny holiday, which I did. But I got there and I just felt that I'd been here before. I was so familiar. I, 
in some way it felt comfortable like home I guess people have these experiences or meet people that they just know them or they just get along really well so I walked through the the supermarkets in Marrakesh looking for trinkets or I don't know something to buy as a tourist while I was shopping and I I don't whoever's been to Marrakesh to the supermarkets <laughs> the haggling and people trying to sell you things that started driving me crazy and there's incredible little mazes but everything's the same it's all mass-produced and I want to find something original so about four hours later I was so hot and I wanted to get out of there and I saw this little antique shop and I thought well maybe they've got something special in there and I went in there and I bought this I think a little copper bowl and there was this man here in my terrible French <laughs> and his terrible English we managed to converse and he was very sweet and he was so happy and he said my family's been doing this for three generations we travel all across Morocco and would you like to see my treasure trove upstairs? And I thought, well, I would have loved, I mean, I loved to, but it, being a woman alone in a Muslim country, I felt a bit uncomfortable, but he said, come and follow me up. So I, we went up these little stairs and, oh my gosh, it was like Aladdin's cave. It was incredible, all the pieces he had, the, the jewellery, the artefacts from, it was just, and I just felt all these memories, I almost could feel all the energy of these lives of all these people. It was amazing what he was showing me. Old camel skin containers for milk and wallets and uh, bridal beads. It was it was amazing. And then he said, "Would you like to look at my one of my most special treasures?" And I said, "Of course I would." And he had this beautiful box that was inlaid, I think, with marble. And he got out his key and opened it. And there was all these bangles, he told me, that were slave bangles. And I felt dizzy. as almost as if I had a, had a shot of vodka. The, the room started spinning. And it, I think there was about 20 bracelets in there. But I saw the one and I picked it up. And something happened to me, my body started tingling and I couldn't put it on my arm because it was too small because what they would do is they put it on the slaves and open it and then weld it on so it couldn't be taken off. But I held it in my hand and I said to him, look, do you mind if I just sit down for a minute and close my eyes? And this woman came to me. It was the strangest thing. And it was so real right in this room. I saw her in my mind's eye. I didn't see her with my physical eyes. It was unbelievable. And she looked like a slave. And I saw markings on her arm and, and cuts. And she looked at me with her eyes wide open. And she couldn't believe, even though we looked different, she couldn't believe it was her. And she started crying. And she said, you're free. And I said, yes, I am. And she said, this is so amazing. My life has been worth it. I will die in peace to think that one day I will be free. And so many more things happened. And I saw her life. I saw her beatings. I saw her rape. I saw how she was taken. Horrific life. But with past lives, you, you feel the emotion. You don't feel the pain. And she said, I'm free. But I saw her, that, I mean, so many more things happened and then I had dreams that night, but that experience taught me about the strength and the tenacity to go on to hope. And she was a kind person. She was a loving person despite what happened to her. And I remember she said to me, how amazing to be able to walk alone as a woman, to be able to sit when you're, body is weary, to be able to drink when you're thirsty, to be able to eat when you're hungry, to say no when you don't want your body to be abused. She, she was so clear, all these messages, and she said, and to clothe yourself when you don't wish to be naked. It was 
so profound and her heart opened I saw her heart and it beamed into my heart and there was just such love there it was really really an amazing experience um the man continued to talk and I gave him back the bracelet I thought of purchasing it but I didn't want to I I will always remember that experience in my heart and it's funny we went downstairs he was this short little man and he said, you sure you don't want to buy anything else? And I said, no, maybe I'll come another day. And he said, do you want me to tell you the secret? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To life? And I said, yes, I'd, I'd, I'd love you to. And he said, well, I'm an old, he was an old man. He said, I'm an old man, but the secret to life is to always follow your heart. Oh, wow. That is a truly beautiful experience. Uh, what I find interesting is that all the people I interview have so many different spiritual experiences, and it seems so individual and so tailored to that one person. Like I've never experienced anything similar like you. I've never heard anything similar, like sitting in a shop. Uh, I know. I don't, I don't go searching for these things. I mean, I can tell you another one if you want me to, which was kind of like a bleed over. Yeah. Would love to. Um, so I just want to say with past life memories, then they don't happen when I'm sleeping. They happen when I'm awake or thinking or when I'm not thinking about perhaps in those quiet moments and it's it's just a knowing you know you might it's almost like a knowing you know your partners come home you can't hear them but you or your child's home from school it's just a knowing um uh, I I'll just briefly tell you about these ones. So I learned such strength and such courage from this woman. And I learned that I'm free aside from that, from that past, past life, or which is happening now. My another life, I don't, I don't know the date. It it, it, it was desert uh in Africa, I do believe. A long thousands of years ago, I know my name was Iksha. And I remember waking up in a cave. A cave was dark. I saw light outside and there were guards outside. All of it generally is communicated telepathically. They said she's awake. I wasn't afraid. I do believe they were protecting me. There was an army with me. And they said, we have to move on because there's a desert storm coming. Uh, I'm not saying I'm a, you know, some people say I was an Egyptian princess, but I, I believe I was a woman, uh, a revered woman who had a gift of sight. So we traveled for a long distance. I was in a, almost a carriage, basic carriage, uh, being pulled by horses. And there was a small army with us. And we came to a big fort, as big sand stone or I don't even know the name of the stone but a massive fort in the middle of the desert probably a town that was enclosed from raiding tribes and I remember they asked me to get out of the carriage and they said can you check for danger can we go in and it was so clear and I, I can do it now so this gave me this incredible gift I go up I went up through the top of my head 
and I can scan almost like a blueprint. I can't see colors and details, but what they, my sole purpose, and it was probably a great gift in those times, is I could look for soldiers or danger. I could see and, and sense uh, the feeling of the people. So I went up in my head and I looked at the four corners and almost like an architectural drawing to see it what, if it was safe to knock and ask for shelter for the night. And after I did that, I remember, I wasn't flying. It was almost like I went up through my head. I, I'm feeling it now. It's like a lightness, like a feather, um, almost looking like through a telescope with a little hole but I wasn't me, I was me, but another conscious, a consciousness. I was my consciousness. And it's very interesting and I'm digressing, but I can do this now with houses. People say, is my house haunted and I can easily go and have a look. I could feel, I can sense, I can say, I can see the whole house, like almost like a, a blueprint, an architectural drawing. It's very interesting. So we went in and we stayed for the night. The guards wouldn't leave around my carriage and they said, we have to leave. It's not safe. It's time to move on. But before that, I knew that there was a woman upstairs, three levels up. There were, it was very old, a poor town buildings. And I said, you have to go and get her. And to the, I had a main guard. This is kind of confusing. I had a main guard. And as he said, okay, he held my hand, which was not necessarily appropriate in those days. I do believe I was a revered woman that was not allowed to touch a man or to be with a man because the belief was I would lose my power. It was so real. So he went up, there was a woman being held and I said, you have to go and get her. He was injured during that battle to take the woman. Uh, but for, somehow I put my hand on him and it healed. Anyway, the woman came in the carriage and I said, don't worry, it's going to be okay. And she was so grateful that I had saved her. We keep traveling. And I said to her, I need your help. I'm pregnant and I'm not allowed to be pregnant. And she said, okay. And this went on for a few days. But the bleed over problem was because it was so real and I don't think I'm explaining myself correctly in this one is that I had labor pains as Louisa. I was crawled over, I almost went to the hospital and it was labor pains, I was having labor pains. Without being pregnant? Without being pregnant, Iksha was pregnant, giving birth to a child in the carriage. <laughs> It was so, I mean, I've had children before, but it was so excruciating and so painful. I couldn't get out of bed. I knew exactly what it was. I had to stop this bleed over. Anyway, I had the child, this woman who I'd saved helped me. And I asked her to say that she had the child and to raise the child as her own. Because I wasn't allowed to have children. I'm, this is a long story, but it, it's just so real. Um, so I remember getting out of the carriage, she held the baby and said it was hers. The really interesting thing about this is not that I need, not only that I had the bleed over, but I know in my heart that this woman that raised my child for me and pretended it was hers and was my assistant was my nanny and the child that I had without a fraction of doubt in my mind was my niece who I adopted through unfortunate circumstances. I hadn't adopted her when I had this vision. In this life or the... Yes, I, yes. In this life, I had to adopt my niece for, through terrible circumstances. I had these visions of Iksha before I had, before I adopted my niece and the nanny who was the nanny in this life who pretended to have the child for me. It's not a question in my mind that they're the same people. Wow. Fascinating. It seems like a gift you have. And I think we have different gifts that you have a gift in dreaming, uh, of having symbolic dreams and also remembering past lives. Um, have you asked, uh, sort of, uh, wondered about why 
You remember these uh, experiences? I mean, most of us don't. Um, <laughs> why? Is this something I, I, you share or teach about? Or do you feel sort of it's part of your soul plan? I think, I think I have, again, I don't even ask for these experiences. I think I have an open level of consciousness. I believe we all can have these experiences. It's about believing and trusting. What, I just want to say again what it really taught me. And, and it's almost like, you know, if you can't do a handstand and you can do one, you remember what it's like. So this gift, I remembered what it was like, the feeling of it, and I could do it. So that was the gift it taught me. But it also taught me how interconnected and interwoven and like an intricate spider web we are all connected um, on so many levels. Yeah. That is so fascinating. And you also remembered a future life? Yes. Well, how is that like? I mean, uh... <laughs> um, so this is when I started walking a lot, just thinking about passion harvest and what I was going to do with my life and how I was going to start. And I was so nervous and my family would think I was so weird interviewing all these weird people. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I walked a lot. I walked and walked and walked. Um, and then one day I didn't know what happened to me. So again, it's it's almost like a dream. With a dream, you can have a dream that might last for hours, weeks, months, but really it's only could have been half an hour. So I'm awake and I'm walking and I shift consciousness or realities. And I <laughs> I thought I was kidnapped, I thought I was being kidnapped. Not me, but this version of me was being kidnapped. I was picked up in the airport, taken in a black car. There was a man in the car and we were driving through the countryside. I knew it was Europe and there was miles and miles of forests. And then I came back to Louisa and I thought, what was that? That's, that's just the strangest thing ever. And I couldn't, this happened over a year, and I couldn't, choose to have it. I couldn't go there when I wanted to, but it would happen about once a month. I would be walking. I'd be transported to this other version and I knew it was the future. I just knew it was the, a possible future. I call it future memories. And this man would pick me up from the airport and we'd drive and I, I wasn't afraid anymore. I got to know him or we didn't talk. We communicated telepathically. I did love him in some way. I remember looking out the window and, you know, when you're going really fast in the car and the trees going by and this happened and we just kept driving. But then one day I called him Edward. I didn't even know what his real name was, but I knew he was real and it was a future version. And then one day we arrived at his house. This is happening while I'm walking or while I'm awake, but it's like, I'm transported to Louisa, a different version of Louisa. So we arrive at his house, a beautiful house. And again, I'm consciousness. I, I put myself in his cupboard, which is kind of bizarre. I don't know why I was in the cupboard, but I could consciously travel around his whole house and I could see him. And I remember him knowing I was there and looking for me but he couldn't find me. And I remember him opening cupboards. And I remember time and time again, I would be transported there and he'd be lying on his bed and I would kiss him on the cheek and I would say, Edward, come and find me. So one day I'm in the cupboard at the top of the cupboard and he's opening, you know, wardrobes and things saying, where are you, where are you? And he looks up and he sees me. Our eyes lock, if we had eyes, but we didn't have eyes. And I knew then that he would find me. There was not even a hurry. I just knew it, it, it was going to happen. I called him Edward. And then one day, I'm sure you do as well. I have lots of emails and this man said, oh, you know, I'm a Wall Street hedge fund guy and can we meet on Zoom? I, I think I can help you in your quest. And I thought that is so rude. Like I'm not on a quest. I'm not going to meet you as I'm strange person on Zoom. And that night I went to bed and I couldn't sleep. And I thought, oh, 
maybe he's really bad. Why is this person contacting me? And then the message came to me, it's Edward. And I, I, I thought, no, 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 that's not possible. So I asked my guides and I said, is this Edward? And they said, yes. And I think I swore, I said, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. So again, this is overcoming fear. So we'd arranged to meet in a, on a week in Zoom. And I thought, well, he's going to think this is me still in my fear state. I'm, he's going to think I'm weird. I can't tell him I've been meeting him for the last year. He might think I'm some bizarre stalker that I didn't even choose to be. I can't tell him that he's Edward. And I remember going to the beach that day before the Zoom, our Zoom chat, and I said, if I'm the passion ambassador, I'm go am I going to make a choice from love or fear? Anyway, we met. He told me, he talked a lot. And at the end, I said, look, I have something to tell you. I think I was sweating at the time. And he told me, and he said, that's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Well, just then COVID hit. And we talked a lot. And eventually I went to see him in France and we caught up. He's now my absolute best friend and he lives 10 minutes away. Oh, wow. And that's Edward. And he's got the exact same cupboard. Oh, wow. And <laughs> it's just the most amazing connection. So, Oh, that's such a beautiful story. Yeah. I am so fascinated by your experiences and they're quite mystical and symbolic. And uh, to me, you appear as quite mystical, a woman. <laughs> Well, I'm not always. I've got paint on my arms. I've been painting my shutters. <laughs> well, I spend a lot of time in the garden. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Um, you, you, you are passionate about following your passion. Do you have any advice for those who wants to follow their passion on how to, you know, find their calling, how to take that step and change their lives, transform their lives? It, it, you know, uh, you, you moved to France, you, you uh, left the marriage. That's very brave. Um, do you have any advice on that, like how to take that first step towards our calling? Well, I think we, we always know what we want and, and fear holds us back. I'm not saying do anything dramatic, but you know, your soul wants you to grow and expand and fear can often keep you safe, which sometimes is a good thing. But if you, I, I really believe the purpose of our life here is to be the full creative expression of who we are, to sing our heart's song. And you can't get it wrong. There is no right or wrong choice. It's only a, it's only a choice and things can change. Uh, do what lights you up. Do what feels good without and people often think passion has to be career, but without without a, a predetermined on the outcome. You see, your angels or your guides or your higher self or your intuition is always, always guiding you by what feels good, what feels right. So you can start with baby steps by doing the smallest thing to make yourself feel better. And it does actually raise your vibration and what we what we what's with what's within is without our internal landscape uh is reflected in our external landscape so start with what feels good what excites you and if you don't know what excites you well what did you like as a child what movies do you like have a look around your office desk or your room or your kitchen what what, what are the most things you've got around you what colors do you like what would make you afraid. And sometimes the best thing is just to do it. You're so right. Actually, I have um, a webinar about this and I really resonate with what you're saying because I'm speaking about the same, especially what did you love to do as a child? Because then I feel like we are in our true essence. Yes. Um, and like you had, you know, that out-of-body experience and you said you, you were open to these experiences and then you sort of suppress them because life happens. And I also find your story really inspiring, you know, being brave, taking those bold steps and doing what you're doing today. And like you're saying, you're really happy in your life, passionate about your life now. And I, I hope that shows like ours really inspire people to take that leap of faith. Those who are feeling that, you know, I'm not living that big life or that passionate life that I, I know deep down that, is mine, you know, is my soul path. 
it doesn't have to be life changing to start with. I always say to people, like, you don't want to be in your deathbed and say, I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd loved more. I wish I'd told her or him I loved her. I wish I'd taken that trip. Life's too short. It Some is. people, you know, people are so afraid of dying. Many people are, but so many are afraid of living. Yeah, that is so true. And uh, from my experience doing these interviews, there's no fear of dying. Like that's going no. to be quite amazing. But we're here for a reason, for a very important reason. And this is like I've understood that this life is super important because it affects actually my other lives, my future mm -hmm. lives. What I'm doing now is super important and also for the whole. And I believe that, uh, you know, your spirit and soul wanted you to live this life, but it's also that you had, I believe, from my perspective, um, a job, like a service to do. Like you were meant to do this because it would benefit so many more. You know, so I, I think it was a deeper calling there. If you wouldn't have followed that, Passion Harvest wouldn't have existed. You know, and all these people who have watched your show, I mean, it does influence people. And and the incredible work you do. I mean, um, I had a guest the other day that said, you know, all these incredible shows like Passion Harvest and like yours as well, there is an angel related to that um, show. <laughs> <laughs> so Wisdom from the North has an angel guiding it. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for that. <laughs> so, Louisa, there are three questions I ask all my guests. Oh, so gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, all right. So uh, what is self-love to you? Self-love. My gosh, that's a hard one. Um, no, it's not hard. Well, self-love is hard. To really honour yourself, to realise, and I'm still learning this, to realise that you're worthy, to be able to receive and not to give all the time. I'm a big giver, but I'm not that good at receiving, to to not worry what people think, to make choices based on love, to run yourself a bath and make yourself a nice dinner just for you or tidy the house for you. Do things that make you feel special to honour yourself. That really to me is self-love. And to Sometimes talk to your inner child and tell them you love them or talk to yourself. How? When was the last time you said, I love you and looked in the mirror? That's self-love. That's the start. Beautiful. And what is happiness to you? <clears throat> happiness is a choice. Mm. <laughs> we, it's, it's very hard to say we choose suffering the terrible, terrible. Happiness is a choice. Our birth, our freedom, our birthright is to choose how we feel. I don't, I'm not always, I'm not a master at this all the time, but, you know, despite what happens to us externally, we always have a choice how we perceive it and how we think about it. Happiness really is the choice. And the more you fake it till you make it, it gets easier. But it's about looking with a positive outlook look and finding the joy or the best possible things in that situation, that to me is happiness and it really changes your life. Yeah. You have a choice. This is your birthright. No one can take that away from you. So uh, the big one, what is the deeper, deeper meaning of life from your perspective? It changes all the time. I change my mind. I mean, the deeper meaning of life is, again, it's about self-love. It's, it's really honoring yourself when you can be in your full authentic true loving power not only do you radiate love but you radiate radiate it to everyone else so the meaning is life is to understand that you are a powerful wonderful infinite divine spiritual being and there really is no end to life it's a continuous cycle of life and death just be you. What did Dr. Zeus say? There is no one here that's youer than you. I love that. <laughs> There's no one here youer than you. Thank you so much, Louisa. I am excited to keep following your, uh, your show and your podcast. Thank you so much for doing what you're doing and for coming to the show today. 
Oh, Jeanette, thank you so much. And I have to say thank you. <laughs> Follow you because you put the work you do is incredible. So thank you so very much. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. you want to become more who you are and live in alignment with your soul's purpose and explore a deeper meaning with your life, then you are most welcome to join Wisdom from North membership. If you want to go deeper, you can find all our English online courses and programs at wisdomfromnorth.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube just by searching for Wisdom from North. Until the next episode, much light from here.